Sex with Jaya is brought to you by Aloe Cadabra. Aloe Cadabra is 95% organic aloe vera. Visit www.alocadabra.com today. Step inside the sensual world of sex with Jaya. This hour will bring you sex education like you've never heard before. It's uncensored, no holes barred advice to increase your sexual knowledge and performance. Now, here's your host, Jaya. I'm ready for sex with Jaya. Are you? I'm ready for sex with Jaya. Hey, love. Hi, love. I'm a grumpy goddess today. Yeah, well, last week. We were just about to launch into our fantastic, relaxing, amazing three-day holiday. Yep. We had such a lovely time together last week, and then we had to get back into the rat race since driving is kind of crazy. Yep. We're both overwhelmed, running around like chickens with our heads cut off. I know. We had so much amazing vacation sex, and we haven't had any since we got back. Yeah. That makes for a grumpy goddess. Yeah. Thanks for a grumpy god. I'm all missing you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. At least you're missing me, not hitting me. <laughs> well, I somewhat, you know, I get grumpy because I'm not having my sexual needs met and mm. all that stuff. And I got such a yummy taste of the way things used to be. Yeah, I know. It's hard to step back. Yes. <laughs> no. I'm all weepy. I well, also... We had- we had a great time. We had an awesome time. It was time. wonderful to discover how much we still love each other. It is. Like when I see you and I smile, like, oh, there's my lover. <laughs> I noticed during our trip that I was lubricating, really, really lubricating a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, before I had my baby, like that kind of lubricating, which I haven't had in years. And I'm taking a new supplement, but I also think that the relaxation that I had during the vacation was really, really helping me. And now it's back to stress city, and I'm all needing to reach for the lube again. Mm. So, uh, you know, I got excited because we launched a new website. D-Love, I don't even know if you know about this. I don't think I do. But um, it's all about what's in your personal lubricants. Oh, yeah, right. I knew you were working on it. I didn't know it went up. Do you know what's in your personal lubricants, Stilos? Well, my personal lubricants would be the stuff that my body makes. So whatever is in there, I'm <laughs> guessing it's pretty natural. Yeah, but I'm talking about personal lubricants that you purchase to help you. Well, I do because I use aloe cadabra, which is <laughs> 95% organic aloe. <laughs> well, the new site is thetruthaboutlubes.com. Mm-hmm. The truth about lubes. And on it, we've put together, myself and Alocadabra put together information about lubes, like some of the stuff that's in there, like stuff that can cause all kinds of really bad health problems. Like what? Like, well, you have to go to the site. I'm going to keep everybody in um, in suspense. You have to go to the site to ch- check it out. But, you know, some stuff that's like an antifreeze that's in your lube and then you're putting it in your hoo-hoo. Ladies, don't well, put that, don't put that kind that, of stuff in there. That helps to get all those unfro- those frozen hoo-hoos unfrozen, <laughs> doesn't it? D-Love. You're crazy. Uh, so now D-Love, he's going to the site. He's going to go check it out. 
Yeah. I'm keeping everyone in suspense. The truth about lubes.com. Our topic today. Have you ever wanted to try kink? Have you been afraid to try kink? Are blindfolds, cross dressing, restraints, floggers, and whips part of your turn on? Fetish sexuality has been reported that 30 to 40% of the human population is inclined to do it. It's like a mythic erotic gold mine buried deep within. It's a rich treasure chest of vivid sensation, intense emotion, epic tales, alluring personas, taboo sexual ecstasy, and empowering psychological depths. My guest today, that's from his site, Galen, a.k.a. Daka Dom, conducts workshops throughout the U.S. and is the author of the acclaimed book, The Sharp Edge of Love. He's going to shed some light in the dark and teach us how our fetishes can empower and heal us. Maybe I'm one of the most accepting people on the planet when it comes to sexual desires, but I don't get the big charge about all this. If 40% of people out there have some kind of sexual fetish, whatever that means, then isn't it just a normal part of our sexuality? People are judged and judge themselves so drastically for their sexual desires. I guess if you're harming someone else, then that would be where I would draw the line or if you're doing something that isn't consensual and with honesty. But otherwise, I believe that shaming someone or or making them wrong or bad for their turn on only makes things worse, not better. What do you consider a fetish? Do you think that they're wrong? I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to call us at 1-866-472-5788. What do you think, D-Love? Can a fetish empower and heal us? You're all dirty, sick freaks. I won't have anything to do with you anymore. Yeah, you're one of us. See, that's the other thing, too. It's like all the people who judge it are the ones who are doing it. Yep. Just look at politicians and all their righteous speech and even within uh, ministries. I mean, look at the Roman Catholic Church. Look at a lot of the um, new Christian churches with all of these scandals that break out where they're known to be having sex with the same-sex relationships and having prostitutes and smoking crystal meth and all of this kind of awful stuff. Yeah, maybe I'm not. Maybe I would draw the line, too, on some of the drug stuff, too, for me Mm. when it came to that. Like, I couldn't see, like, a fetish that involved crystal meth being very good for people. No, it's not. (laughs) not, Probably not a healthy motivator going on there. Yeah. Yeah. But... But, you know, who am I to judge? If that's what you want to do with your life and you're not hurting anyone else, I guess, you know, like, go, I guess go for it. Well, that's the question, like, especially with something like crystal meth is is a special case because <laughs> the brewing of that stuff causes uh, chemical damage to not just the people who do it, but to the environment. Right. They make, they're huge toxic waste dumps. And right. So my big thing is kind of like no harm, no harm, no harm. Right. No, And consensual, quote unquote, harm. Meaning, because there are people who do body modification, sadism, masochism, um, but again, it's consensual, or it should be. Listen to you, D-Love. D-Love's getting all wrapped up in this world, because Details Magazine's here doing a story on him this weekend. Yeah, but not on anything kinky. Well, people would consider your lifestyle very kinky. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Being polyamorous and having multiple lovers. Yes. Yes. So that's uh, exciting, D-Love. I know. It's, it's uh, fun. We'll, well, hopefully it's not a hit piece. Yes. 
<laughs> so again, you can call us. Talk to us about fetishes. You can call and tell us your fetishes. That's fine too. One eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight. So here are some things that people consider fetishes. There are foot fetishes. People who really love feet. I I have this guy on Facebook who keeps writing to me asking to send pictures of my feet. I guessing he has a foot fetish. Um, <laughs> hey guy on Facebook, I'm not sending you a picture. Sorry. Not that there's anything wrong with your fetish. I'm just not into sending people, random people, pictures of my feet. No. No. Uh, but how about we send them pictures of my feet? Say <laughs> your feet. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, if you have the time, D-Love, I'll yeah. send them pictures. Um, then there's cross-dressing fetishes, people who love to dress like the opposite gender. There's BDSM fetishes, people who like to be bound, flogged, humiliated, who are sadists. Um, if you missed last week's show on bondage, be sure to check that out if you're in that category. There are pee and poop fetishes. There's raincoat fetishes, anal fetishes, sex in public fetishes, new nature fetishes, water fetishes, you name it. If it isn't what's considered as normal by our culture, it's pretty much labeled as a fetish. I'm very curious as to what our guest today has to say about how fetishes can heal and empower people. Mm. Well, probably one has to step boldly into the, your own desires around fetishes to mm-hmm. even get a little bit of the juice that he's talking about. Yeah. I know that uh, within the whole bondage thing, though I don't really think you and I have taken this that far, um, it can turn very – well, we have, I guess. You fall into trance pretty easily, but it can promote trance state. And uh, in that trance state, promote great relaxation, a sense of transcendence, a zeroing out of the mind, and probably regenerative, uh, restorative I was just writing about this before we started the show because I'm working on my bondage chapter. I had to do some rewrites, and one of the questions from the publishers was, "Well, how? What is erotic trance? Explain this whole thing." Because I had written that that was one of the benefits of playing with a little bit of light bondage, and um, they really wanted to know, "Well, well, what is that about, and how, and why, and you know, Mm. all those." Well, that's a book all in and of itself. I know. Maybe I need to just pitch them another book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not giving away my secrets about erotic. Trans states. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> but definitely, you know, it can be the opposite of sensory deprivation. It's almost like the sensory overload when right. you, especially when you can't do anything about it. Like when you were doing that session with me a couple weeks ago, was it last week? When you had me all crazy bound and yeah. um, we were we were exploring for my book, the chapters. Yeah, every, it was exploring for your it book. It was for yes. scientific research, yes, research that I was playing the bottom. Research. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and you were doing all, you were doing less, you know, penis and vagina sensation and more. Oh, what are those words you're using? I know. More, you know, you were playing with toys, you're playing fingers, mouth, hand and mouth combinations, toy and mouth combinations, toy and hand combinations, you know, like all kinds of different sensations, which that's how I easily using that and breath takes me into, it's the overwhelm that takes me into more of a meditative state or trance state as opposed to sitting still and trying to meditate. For me, that's just my way. And sex is probably the easiest way for me to go into trance. The shaman's form of meditation. Overwhelm the senses. Take them to a thousand. So you drop over the other side and drop to zero. Yeah. Yeah. I like that kind of stuff. Me too. Yeah. I actually made a video on this very topic of erotic trance. 
Starring moi, me, myself, and I. Sitting in unedited, or is it edited? Already? It's edited. It's finished. I just am, I have to add audio, but I'm, I'm just been vulnerable about putting it out there because it's me. Yep. But I'm getting ready to release it. Whoa. Yep. Is that an announcement? Is that a full? Eve? I'm doing it. It's official. It's All official. Right. I'm releasing it, but I'm releasing it in a course. No, that's good. So if you want to see the erotic trance video, you have to play <laughs> the course. <laughs> All right. We will be back with our guest, Galen Dakadam, and we are going to talk about how fetishes can heal and empower you. More Sex with Jaya when we return. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Let's say you're female. Let's say you're over 50. Let's say your partner takes a little blue pill. Let's say he's ready to go maybe four hours. Let's say that's unfair. There's no little blue pill for women, but there is aloe cadabra, the first personal lubricant that's made from 95% organic aloe. So it's as natural as nature which means it naturally does for your body what your body may no longer naturally do for itself. We're not saying that it will last four hours, but if you're lucky, neither will he. Aloe Cadabra. Feel the magic happen. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Are you ready to become an oral sex aficionado and give your partner unforgettable pleasure day and night? Jaya, world-renowned sexologist, has created the ultimate educational experience for couples. Oral Sex for Couples features over 100 techniques in a three-volume series. Guys, learn hand and mouth combinations that will send her soaring. Women, Master ancient oral arts that will not only leave him breathless, but are said to keep you youthful and glowing. Both of you will be inspired to try the best positions for comfort and pleasure as you make love with your mouths. Watch now at www.oralsexforcouples.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Sex with Jaya. To ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own, Please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? Send an email to Jaya at MissJaya.com. That's J-A-I-Y-A at MissJaya.com. Now, back to Sex with Jaya. He loves sticking his fingers in my hole. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Not that whole. I'm sitting here with a Liberator Hitachi Axis on my lap with my computer on it. I never use my Liberator gear for actual sex. I just I'm always using it for other things. But uh, he started sticking his fingers in the hole. What, what goes the, in there? Of the a vibrator, right. a Hitachi wand goes in there. Uh, all right. So Alo is the only personal lubricant that's 95% organic. We just unleashed a new website. The truth about lubes.com. If you want to check out what's in your lube, um, actually there's some statistics from a website on the site, um, where you can go to the website and, um, type in any product that you have and it will tell you its toxicity levels. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, you can check out what Allocadabra is up to at allocadabra.com and enter coupon code Jaya for 20% off. That's J-A-I-Y-A for 20% off. And now, our topic today, fetishes that can heal and empower us. And we have our guest, GalenDakadom.com is his website. Galen, hello. Good afternoon. You're really um, dedicated to the show. It sounds like you've been through, like, missing a hotel, and now you're, like, <laughs> had to charge the cell phone, like, all this stuff. So thank you so much for being on the show and uh, making making it here today. I'm, it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, it's a little bit I've heard so far. It's a wonderful show, and I look forward, and I'm grateful to be a part of it. Great. So what's your definition of a fetish? I know I have mine, but I'd love to hear others. Yeah, well, I heard a little bit of your discussion uh, right before the break there, and I think you guys covered some good territory around it. You know, and, and in the definitional sense of it, you know, a fetish in Native American cultures, you know, is a sacred object, you know, a, a symbol, something that symbolizes something that represents something important and powerful. Someone just sent uh, me a skunk fetish. Sorry, say that again? <laughs> Someone just sent me a skunk fetish a couple months a skunk ago. skunk fetish. Yeah, which is funny well, because we used to have a problem no with skunks. There's no end to, you know, and why there's no end is of what can be a fetish is because it's personal. And, you know, it's as distinct as a fingerprint. You know, each individual has their own specific, what I'll call an erotic mythos that drives their eros, either consciously or in many cases in a, our civilized culture, unconsciously. And so uh, these uh, fetishes have also, you know, uh, until very recently were considered a disorder. You know, they're in the DSM manual, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, as uh, paraphilias, you know, as disorders, things that make are supposedly make people dysfunctional or uh, disturbed or deranged and such. But now we're in this present era, the word fetish, you know, there's a website called FetLife, and fetish is, is an across-the-board term now, I think, for anything that's outside of the vanilla range of sexuality, you know, anything that's essentially taboo, forbidden, inappropriate, uh, things such as that, that are related, that have been eroticized in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think for me, the line is, I was talking earlier about something that hurts someone, but also if it's, if it's something like, I think it's Jack Morin in his book, The Erotic Mind. He talks about the man who has a raincoat fetish, but he can't have sex any other way except for if he's wearing a raincoat. That 
that's where it can get maybe dysfunctional is if it becomes one pattern for you. Um, yeah, I, would only... agree. I, think, I think there definitely can be pathology involved in how someone has focused their sexuality. Uh, first of all, if it's not really done consciously is a, mm-hmm. certainly a strong part of it, you know, with some awareness with a certain sacred purpose, uh, a pl- an effort to be authentic, true to the self, et cetera. All of those things are the things that I think how this can be held in a healthy and empowering way. I think there are people who can get lost in a fixation on something because they're not willing to look at what's what's been underneath the raincoat, you might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why do you think something is considered a fetish versus just being a normal part of our sexuality? And it, do you think there's a normal when it comes to human sexuality? Well, again, I think it comes down to it being normal is personal, you know, so in that regard, there's going to be a range of normal for sure. And I think that what we call normal these days or has been called normal is in many ways pretty unconscious. People having Mm. sex pretty unconsciously, you know, turning the lights out. Huffing and puffing, breathing hard, getting off, and maybe they had an ecstatic physical experience, but, you know, they didn't acknowledge, wow, where we went or what was your journey like or really checking into each other and learning more about the depth of our journey. It's like, oh, that was sweet, throw a roll over, turn the light out, and go to sleep. So not many people are really examining their eros in a very full and conscious way. So, you know, when I look at that as normal, I can see, well, that's pretty limited. Mm-hmm. And, and so what what would you consider then as a fetish versus just being unconscious <laughs> or <laughs> um, your version of normal? Yeah, what I would, uh, again, uh, this definition of fetish is pretty imprecise, really. It's been kind of, you know, batted around in a number of different different directions. So it's, it's really kind of tangled up with a, a number of other things. But what I think for myself, what I mean more, what I work with more is this idea of an erotic mythos. Each person has their own erotic mythos that's driving them to orgasm, Mm. to sexual ecstasy. And in the the, uh, description that I just gave of quote-unquote normal sex, there's the last 30 to 60 seconds, say, right before somebody gets off, where they can't, where there's no longer an ability to withhold their erotic mythos, and it just floods the body, knocks any cover-up out of the way, and it just shows up, you know, it sounds like a Tourette's attack, or, you know, shit, fuck, God, you know, come, you know, just whatever might be blurted out in that soundbite in the last moments before coming is kind of the tip of the iceberg of the erotic mythos. It's kind of like a zip file condensed <laughs> down into that last. That's what you get. You're just getting the zip file. Now, if you unpack that zip file, there might be a two or three hour journey right there. Mm-hmm. That is complete with as myth is, you know, it's a story. And it has uh, parts and counterparts. It has dialogue, action, setting, history, context, uh, intensity, props, 
body language, uh, emotional, all going on. Do you work with people to unpack the zip file, so to speak? That's one aspect of what I do to put people in touch because when clients come to me and I work with, you know, men, women, and couples uh, generally who come to me after probably decades of carrying some part of themselves in secret and no, they can't do that any longer, but it's so tangled up with all the parts of them that have been holding them back for those decades that, that they are kind of stuck in a way and that they're looking to get unstuck or untangled. You know, so I help people untangle these parts that have been wrapped around their erotic myth. So I help them find their erotic myth and then defuse it, you know, from all the parts that have been holding them back. Galen is the program that helps you unlock, unzip your zip file. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have problems with that all the time yeah, with unzip. customer service. The, the people, some people just can't unzip their zip file and they need to download some special thing and, Anyway, so, um, you know, when we get back, I want to talk a little bit about this idea of fetishism actually empowering and healing someone. Um, and for people who want to go to Galen's site, docadom.com is his site. And actually, the very first thing up there is that exact topic, how fetishes can up oh, D loves going to the site. Now he's, he's I hope he's tangled. <laughs> he's tangled. Yeah, got to untangle my, he's got to unzip <laughs> so he can, <laughs> uh, he was all bound untangle. in his, uh, microphone wire. If that tells you anything about D loves consciousness and fetishes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so dot com is the site. We are talking about how fetishes can heal and empower us. I would love to hear from you. What do you consider a fetish? Do you think they're wrong? We can he- we're here taking your questions if you have anything you'd like to share at 1-866-472-5788. Great. And when we come back, Galen is going to share more information about, I think, you know, maybe unlocking your zip file around fetishes has something to do with uh, empowering yourself and healing yourself. And I have a question from a listener about his desire to wear women's lingerie and how much it turns him on. So when we get back, um, you can also visit my site, sexwithjaya.com. Don't forget that. We will be back with more Galen D. Love and sex with Jaya when we return. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to become an oral sex aficionado and give your partner unforgettable pleasure day and night? Jaya, world-renowned sexologist, has created the ultimate educational experience for couples. Oral Sex for Couples features over 100 techniques in a three-volume series. Guys, learn hand and mouth combinations that will send her soaring. Women, master ancient oral arts that will not only leave him breathless, but are said to keep you youthful and glowing. Both of you will be inspired to try the best positions for comfort and pleasure as you make love with your mouths. 
Watch now at www.oralsexforcouples.com. Let's say you're female. Let's say you're over 50. Let's say your partner takes a little blue pill. Let's say he's ready to go maybe four hours. Let's say that's unfair. There's no little blue pill for women, but there is aloe cadabra, the first personal lubricant that's made from 95% organic aloe. So it's as natural as nature, which means it naturally does for your body what your body may no longer naturally do for itself. We're not saying that it will last four hours, but if you're lucky, neither will he. Aloe cadabra. Feel the magic happen. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Sex with Jaya. To ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? Send an email to Jaya at MissJaya.com. That's J-A-I-Y-A at MissJaya.com. Now back to Sex with Jaya. Last week was my 100th show. Yippee! <laughs> I'm in the celebrate. I'm offering 20% off anything in my store. Just enter coupon code Jaya. That's J A I Y A for 20% off at redhottouch.com. We are talking with Galen. Docadom.com is his website about how fetishes can empower and heal someone. So let's just dive in right into that. So how can a fetish really help empower someone? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I I think uh, it can be looked at in a number of ways. If it's important for somebody to be authentic in who they are, and they haven't been, as I said, maybe for decades, uh, to be able to cross that threshold that they've stood and looked over that precipice for so many times, thousands of times probably, if they're in their 30s or 40s, and have them cross that, to be able to cross that, it's like an initiation journey. Uh, to cross through that, to come out the other side, it's like when somebody walks on the, the, the fire walk across the coals. When you come across and you get out that other side and you look back and you see where you were and you look at, God, what was I, why was I just there all that time? And, wow, I'm here now. And just to feel so enlivened and empowered in taking that journey and being who you are and throwing and casting off all those things that had held held you back. That's an incredibly empowering thing to do. So in the key the key to it is kind of self acceptance, is accepting your fetish and um empowering yourself to indulge, <laughs> it sounds like in some way. Yes. Yes, and, uh, and there's ways to do it that it, it is way more powerful than just the term self-acceptance. And mm. and wow, I did that. I mean, you, this is a you're stepping into the emotional content of that empowerment, not just whoa, I did that. That's cool. It's like whoa, I'm so fucking powerful right now. I mean, you know, where you <laughs> feel the power in your body, and that's that's part of what this journey is about. Also, an important component of it is the embodiment of that persona because your mythos is really a persona. It's an alter ego 
almost. It's not who you are when you're out in the regular world and the vanilla world and your everyday world. This is a place that uh, a part of you that wants to express in its particular way. And as I said, it's got this particular mythos to it that is authentic. So you're going, you're drilling down deeper into the content of your unconscious and who you are in a real differentiated way. So that's part of the empowerment is this differentiation and, and the awareness of those parts. They are, they are almost, you know, I mean, in our culture, we try to, we kind of think that, you know, multiple personality disorder is, you know, a, a disorder. And, and there clearly is that disorder, but it really, I think, keeps people back from really accepting and understanding there are parts of ourselves that are different and show up differently. And, you know, we can tell when we're embodied and, you know, in a disconnected way versus when we're embodied fully in an authentic way. Those are different aspects of who we are. So part of the empowerment is really to strip, be able to step aside or put aside the, the parts that hold us back and let in the parts that really want to express or haven't been given much space to express. Hmm. Would you say that you are working through in most of the people you work with or a majority that a lot of it is inherited moral concepts, uh, religious, social, or otherwise that hold them back from accepting this part of themselves? There's certainly a big layer of that. Uh, you know, you can't really escape our culture without being sexually wounded in some way or even traumatized. And, this are these are powerful messages, you know, that have been embedded. You know, it's the voice of the mother or the father or the priest or the minister or whoever it might have been. That's you know that message that you know, girls, men want to marry virgins. Uh, if you touch yourself down there, you're going to go to hell. You'll be punished. Uh, God doesn't love boys who masturbate. Uh, Whatever the the pan, you know, the, the wide range of messages that we've internalized, uh, the fear of you know, and the fear of others knowing about us—our mothers, fathers, parents, uh, you know, spouses, children, boss. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> My mom listens to the show. <laughs> uh, hey, mom. <laughs> That's good. Good job, mom. You're a good daughter there. Um, so, first so we yeah, learned... those are parts that uh, need to be looked at. That's why it's an empowering and a healing journey, because you can't go down this path without facing all the parts of you that have held you back. First, we learn to lie to others to be accepted by them, and then we internalize lying to ourselves to mm -hmm. stay, keep mm -hmm. that acceptance. Yeah, I'm reading this book called The Social Mind, and now I'm on the morality part of it, and it's just really interesting how deep morality goes and how it's like like even like morality is not necessarily something that's taught so i thought that was really mm -hmm. interesting what they were talking about that it's something that is just it, it's something that's natural actually like we all know that killing other people you know people who are mostly healthy is not the right thing to do on some level even when we're children you know so it's just, it was just, it's a really interesting take on it, I thought, in this book, The Social Mind, if anybody's 
I'm looking at getting that author on here sometime because he has some really interesting things to say. We have a question from a listener that I want to dive into, though, and get more specific about this. And mm-hmm. The listener says, specifically, I have a strong desire to wear lingerie and, frankly, to masturbate with it. I would like to work with someone to help me accept this, to integrate feminine lingerie into my daily life and teach me ways to better enjoy masturbation with the lingerie. How would you help this listener, Galen? Hmm. Well, first, uh, it points to first, let me honor you, uh, Jaya and D-Love and this program, for giving a space to someone to feel safe enough to be able to ask a very taboo and scary, I would sense, you know, tough question to ask. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's just awesome that someone, the, the audience feels safe enough to submit those types of questions. And Oh, you wouldn't believe the questions I get. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's a powerful place to be holding in the world because there's not many places that can be supportive and just open and non-judgmental about people being able to talk freely and openly about their sexual desires, whatever it looks like. So bless you both for that. In terms of the question uh, or, or the the question, what can, I heard what the context is. So, what was the question? How can that be okay? Or, is, or yeah, how do I? How do I? How does someone teach me both how to accept it and how to integrate this into um, their life? Mm, yeah, so that's a perfect example of somebody's that that's tangled up. Mm. They're really clear about their desire. There's no question about what the desire is, and if it was free, it would just do exactly what it already knows how to do. That part of the the caller or the um, doesn't need to be uh, understood or, or uncovered. They've kind of unzipped their file already. You know, they they know it in detail, and have let probably that part speak it to them. You know, be clear about them. So that other part is tangled up. How can I feel okay about it? So some part of that person doesn't feel okay. Mm-hmm. And it is challenging the part that is the desire. And so part of the process is to, first of all, differentiate those two, you know, separate them out, do some, there's some processes called like voice dialogue and shadow work that can help people split out different parts of themselves. So in this case, I would work with them to, well, okay, let's, let's split out and, Let's just hear from the part of you that objects to this. What what are they what's their message, you know? What are they saying? Mm. You know, they might be saying, Oh, that you're gonna humiliate us. Everybody's gonna think you're fucking weird or sick or disgusting or or if it's heavy morality, oh you're you know, you're doomed, you know, you're con- you're gonna be condemned and mm-hmm. uh you're gonna be ostracized, you're gonna be kicked out, nobody's gonna want you. Uh People are going to treat you like a leper, uh, make fun of you, humiliate you. Uh, right. This is going to affect the rest of your family. What will other people think, et cetera? All of those fears are being spoken at some level, and they're unconscious. And so then, you know, to have them step back and look at these two parts, okay, so so what's going to have to happen here for this part of you that is your desire, that you stepped up? that you're ready to take somewhere, you're tired of being stuck. What's going to have to happen to give this part of you more freedom, more space? How are you going to protect and create space for this part to express and hold these other parts at bay? What's going to have to happen? And there's a whole range of things that can go on from there, but part of it is just them getting the awareness that, oh, yeah, 
that part is doing that. Geez, that part is always doing that. I'm tired of that part. You know, in ritual, what's beautiful about ritual, if you learn more about ritual, is that you can leave things at the door for a specific period of time at the threshold of the container. You can tell those parts once you've differentiated and have awareness, and in your awareness, you know what your intention is. My intention is to create more space for the part of me that has the desire, and I'm going to do that right now. So you parts, we've been doing this for 20 or 30 years now. For two hours, three hours, you're going to stay out here, and we're just going to give space to let this part of me express unencumbered. We know we still have a lot to resolve, but we'll be back in three hours, so you just stay out here. You know, Mm -hmm. something... Uh, is, those are the kind of things you can do in, in ritual with intention and awareness to, first of all, just start carving out some unencumbered space because when you don't do that, you go into, it's physical how you're tangled up. You're trying to express this powerfully erotic part, but it's still feeling a little squeezed down, you know, still like, you know, it's squeezed up in your throat. You can't talk in a, you know, in the full, rich, authentic voice of your eros. Because your body is, your body is the analog of your unconscious. So all these emotional conflicts are embodied. So even when you start to physically move into your arrows, it's like having weights and you know being tied up in different ways where you can't just fully authentically physically express. So, and that's actually another level of the work is to help people start to embody the authentic arrows mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. them you know, through breath, movement, different processes to help people get more connected and present in their bodies to start with. So I kind of went on a long-winded jump. (laughs) It was great. Um, And, you know, he's also asking ways to better enjoy it. I think um, he's also asking for a little bit of technique. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how can I um, get – I think he's kind of looking for – like shopping, you know, I would take it. I would give him shopping tips. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? there's all kinds the of kind resources of... <laughs> for uh, cross-dressers and transvestites and trans uh, people, which is different than cross-dressers or transvestites. Right. But if he's a cross-dresser or transvestite, there's lots of, you know, if he just searches online, he'll find all kinds of places to get beauty tips and where to shop for things and uh TV or CD-friendly hairdressers or, you know, all all kinds of stuff like that is available. Mm. And if it's just women's lingerie, I highly recommend getting the ones with really wide crotches so that your testicles (laughs) can fit in them. (laughs) Because the the little G-strings, you know, testicles fall out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know. It depends on if you really want to have the fantasy of your testicles tucked in or if you like the G-strings. Yeah, the feel of the G strings. Yeah. I didn't yeah. go buff. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like the lingerie are part of his turn on. Okay, well we have to go to a break, and when we return, a little bit more with Galen. Um, I want to I want to ask you some questions about taboo and turn on, as taboo being part of the turn on, which just came to me, and uh, more sex with Jaya when we return. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Let's say you're female. Let's say you're over 50. Let's say your partner takes a little blue pill. Let's say he's ready to go maybe four hours. Let's say that's unfair. There's no little blue pill for women, but there is aloe cadabra, the first personal lubricant that's made from 95% organic aloe. So it's as natural as nature, which means it naturally does for your body what your body may no longer naturally do for itself. We're not saying that it will last four hours, but if you're lucky, neither will he. Aloe cadabra. Feel the magic happen. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, health and wellness, business, sports, green talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise Are you ready to become an oral sex aficionado and give your partner unforgettable pleasure day and night? Jaya, world-renowned sexologist, has created the ultimate educational experience for couples. Oral Sex for Couples features over 100 techniques in a three-volume series. Guys, learn hand and mouth combinations that will send her soaring. Women, Master ancient oral arts that will not only leave him breathless, but are said to keep you youthful and glowing. Both of you will be inspired to try the best positions for comfort and pleasure as you make love with your mouths. Watch now at www.oralsexforcouples.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Sex with Jaya. To ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? Send an email to Jaya at MissJaya.com. That's J-A-I-Y-A at MissJaya.com. Now back to Sex with Jaya. We're talking about fetishes and how they can heal and empower you. Uh, before the break, we were talking about a specific uh, question from a listener about wearing women's lingerie. And what came up for me in it was that sometimes, you know, every now and then I'll have a student where it's the taboo that really turns them on. It's not necessarily the fetish. It's the fact that they think it's wrong or bad. And that's the turn on. So I just wondered, Galen, if you could comment on that um, around, you know, is it just the taboo that is the turn on or is there something deeper to the fetish? Well, here's, uh, in what you just described, perhaps the fetish is taboo, you know, pure and mm-hmm. simple. No, it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's taboo and that changes when that taboo-ness wears off, they go on to the next taboo thing. However, somewhere along that kind of experimental path, one might come across something that has a deeper resonance, uh, 
at a place that at least uh, you would want to linger quite a way, a while, because there's a lot to explore. You know, when you hit your fetish, it's almost like maybe like a wilderness area, a huge expanse of territory that mm, there's a lot of places to go and, and uncover things in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you love shaking his head? <laughs> Are you agreeing, do you love? Which way? <laughs> <laughs> He's nodding in agreement. It's an affirmative. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Are you? Do you want to comment on that? Or are you being? Are you being just listening? Yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> the whole arena of bondage. Uh, because I consider myself a flip, able to be dom or sub, and it's just a once. I allowed the freedom and had a partner that was able to play with that. Uh, I would still say I'm a baby in the whole thing, but or a novice. But uh, it's just it opens up a lot of fun. It opens up a lot of potential for playfulness and uh, a lot of moments like you were talking about earlier in the show, where you have I have that sense of empowerment. Like wow, that 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 feels good, enriching. I come out fulfilled uh, in a different way than just having an orgasm. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, I want to ask Doc Adam, Galen, what he has coming up, because I know you teach workshops. You said your San Francisco workshop this weekend is sold out, but you have other things coming up. People can find out about you at your website, DocAdom.com. D-A-K-A. D-A-K-A-D-O-M.com. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of the stuff you're teaching and where people might find you uh, in a city near them? Yeah, well, the workshop I, I have going now is called uh, conscious fetish or conscious DS and BDSM and it's about how to hold this paradox of uh, being a person who aspires to you know compassion, tenderness, love, connection, intimacy on the one hand and the same and the, the same person having either desire for either as the top or bottom, dominant, submissive, uh, sadist or masochist, to step into these some of these really dark territories where we're personifying, you know, these dark energies of predator and prey uh, type energies uh, at the most fundamental level, down at the reptilian level. And this is, a, I believe these energies are associated with our instinctual natures, you know, this heritage of reptilian consciousness, which is predator, prey, energy, cold-blooded uh, energy, to on up to the mammalian level of, you know, the alpha-beta pecking order, territorial energies of the mammal, you know, and that, that kicks in in our human consciousness when we stand erect as children, you know, reptiles, when we begin to crawl, or the reptilian brain is activated, and we go through these. So we've inherited all of these instinctual energies. That's part of what the is I think wanting to show up in sadism and masochism and BDSM is you know we're still wild primitive creatures who have these these you know fierce energies in us that uh, we and we try and we've been raised in oh we're civilized people we don't civilized people don't do those kinds of things and so we push it down into shadow and it leaks out all over the place in, in a harmful, you know, disrespectful, uh, non-consensual ways all over the world. So this idea of the bringing consciousness is to be able to understand how we can hold these dark energies, these primitive, instinctual, wild energies in a safe way uh, and 
bring in the incredible potent erotic charge that comes along with them. Hmm. So what kind, what, where can people find you teaching? You said you have workshops other places? Uh, I have a workshop tomorrow in the Bay Area. Then uh, next weekend I'm going to be in Portland, which is my hometown, and doing the same workshop uh, there. And Do then, you love? Uh, we need to make that trip to Portland. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Come to Portland. Yeah. And I have another one, I think, in September in Seattle. And I'm also working on, I haven't put it together yet, but I, I want to do a conscious uh, dominant workshop just for men because mm-hmm. the, there's so much involved in exploring masculine energy in a fully embodied way and being in a conscious way. And some of the things that we were talking about before about this idea of empowerment, like say with some men have a, it's a challenge because they've learned to be so nice or working so hard to be nice men, you know, that they've kind of gotten into that category called a soft man. Yep. You know, and they don't know how to hold their masculine energy in a real solid way or to even to cross that edge and go over and grab a woman by the hair and put her on her knees and tell her to suck my fucking cock. Right. <laughs> in a consensual Right. You know, way, you know, you know but... but we hear that and there are so, I cannot tell you how many female, how many couples I work with where I have a female client who's like, I just want him to do that to me. I don't mm-hmm. like, we've done the Tantra, we've done la, 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 la. I want rough, I want the man to take me, but I don't want him to hurt me. Like I just had a question from girlsporn.com and they were, there was a woman asking, you know, sometimes he hurts me, sometimes he's not rough enough. It's like we've lost this knowledge of how to take a woman. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, this it's all about conscious, doing things consciously and with intention and with permission, you know, and, and agreements. You know, I mean, all of those things are involved in how to really shake loose the uh, the things that hold us back at all levels with our partners and with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, the show is coming to an end. Are you excited, D-Love? Are you sad that the show is coming to an end? Just know, all you out there, we, we want you on your knees. Sucking our fucking <laughs> Oh my goodness. What has Maybe happened? We've unleashed word, you know. something. We've unleashed something, D Love. Uh, thank you so much to my guest, Gaylene. Now I'm blushing, see? <laughs> I read in that book that morality stuff, when something comes up that's immoral, people blush. It's oh, like a, it's a thing, and I blush a lot. Maybe I think a lot is unmoral. Mike, Mike. I- <laughs> My Catholic upbringing is coming out of me. High morality meter. Yeah. Oh, the Catholics are the biggest sluts, though. That's a blast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know that. The legendary. Six girl girl. I, I hiked up my skirt for sure. All right. Thank you to my guest, Gaylene of com for being on the show. And you can check out my site, sexisyou.com. I've enjoyed sex with Jaya. Have you? I've enjoyed sex with Jaya. I sure have. Listening to Sex with Jaya. For more, you'll have to tune in next Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time to the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, make it the best weekend ever with tips you've learned from today's show. 
Thanks again for joining us.